Welcome back to our show. Welcome, everybody. Hey, Tawanda, you know what? Today, we are so fortunate because we have yet another guest for our Follow Your Dream series. Yo, it's just not anybody, but this lady's motto has follow your dreams in it. It is, and I quote, Follow your dreams. There is nothing you can't achieve if if you dream big and work hard. Yes. And Shelly Mendez, our guest, she's been working hard. She is an entrepreneur. She's mm-hmm. a businesswoman. She's a philanthropist. Okay. I always mess that up. <laughs> Role model. And she's an inspirational speaker. And all of that? All. That's just like a lot. Yeah, that's okay. all. It's all that. <laughs> <laughs> and one of her most recent achievements is that she was selected to Um, received the coveted Target Storyteller Award at the 2019 Massachusetts Conference for Women. Yes. And at this conference, she facilitated a sold out roundtable talking about race, hair, and working women. Okay. Like that sounds like something I would have been, I should have been in the room for. I mean, that's (laughs) important to me. Maybe there's a recording or something. I hope so, because um, I know we're both natural hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both wear our hair natural, and it's always been a little bit of a challenge in the workspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she talked to them about that. And um, so in addition to that, Shelly is the founder. I was going to ask you, what does she do exactly? Oh, so, I mean, she, yeah. well, she, I can't even everything. tell you everything Apparently, that she everything, does. Okay, but, but I'm just going to tell you. Um, she is the founder, owner, and stylist of Salon Monet mm-hmm. and Newberry Street in Boston. Okay. Um, what does that mean? Like you said, okay. that, like Newberry Street was special. Okay, but I don't know anything about. If Boston. you're from Boston, you know how outstanding that is. But if you're not from Boston, um, Newberry Street is kind of like the Rodeo Drive mm-hmm. of Los Angeles, and so it's very exclusive. And she doesn't have one salon. Oh, I thought you said she did. No, she has she has a salon, but she has two salons. <laughs> <laughs> and and so um so let me jump in right here. So she has two salons on this very fancy Newberry Street. Mm-hmm. Um I did a little research. Mm-hmm. I typed her name in and oh my gosh, all these articles of everything she's done. But one of the things I saw is that it said that she was the first African-American, I believe I got this right, to have a business on Newberry Street. And you're telling me she's got two. Two. That's amazing. She, she's I've got fantastic. I've got questions now. She's pretty fantastic. So, um, well, I want to bring her in. I yeah, want to I've talk got questions. to her. I'm, we, I'm ready. We've got all the questions. <laughs> okay. So, Shelly, my dear. Hello, ladies. Hey. Can Girl, we ask you? Can we ask you something? <laughs> Girl, you sure can. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, Shelly. Okay, so I know Shelly from way back, but um, why don't you tell our audience um, how we know each other? Wow. So we go way back from John Hancock days. I worked with yes. you and your husband, mm-hmm, uh, amazing right. couple. And um, 
you know, Ramel was one of my very first few clients. And I kept telling her, Ramel, you should just come and let me do your hair. (laughs) And she was kind of hesitant. You know, as rightfully so, she was like, oh, you're just starting in a business, which was true, but kind of not true. I was always doing hair, but I was just finally licensed. So mm-hmm. um, I finally persuade her to come over and get her hair done. Yo, she loved I it. I did. <laughs> and I, did. I, I know she's yeah. told me about it. Like, I think there's a story about how Ramel, even when she wasn't, working or living in Boston anymore, Mm -hmm. that she would still go back to Boston to get her hair done by you. Yeah. I have Mm -hmm. quite a few clients. You'll be very surprised. I have one client who lives on the West Coast and she flies in just to get her hair done. What? And then she flies back. Yeah. What? Um, Yeah. This is not unusual. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. She used to live here and then she found out about, about me after she had her husband had taken a job you know elsewhere and they moved to philly and then his assignment was up there and now they're in california so yeah she's been flying back for years and she's not the only client she's the furthest client but i do have clients all over that fly-in i believe it because she's She's awesome. She's fantastic. Well, I, I don't oh, thank know you. that everybody knows um, who you are. I know in Boston, you know, there's a multi-page spread and mm-hmm. was it the Boston, Boston Globe? Globe about you? Yeah. But I, I'm from North Carolina. And right now, I think a lot of our um, callers are not necessarily, mm-hmm. our listeners Listen. are not necessarily in uh, Boston. And could you tell us a little bit about your story? Like, I know we'll be able to put your um, information online so people can read about you, but uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you went from the John Hancock days to the doing hair, hair. motivational speaker, to busting out, and- yeah, busting out <laughs> on Newberry Street, philanthropy. I mean, yeah. how, how did you get there? In okay. a nutshell. Yeah, so no problem. It was um, – forever that I love doing hair. Ever since I was a small girl, I really enjoyed doing hair. And my mom, she didn't want me to be a hairdresser. She's <laughs> like, Shelly, you don't want to be a hairdresser in a gossipy salon, on your feet all day, working for people. Um, you want to focus on more like a professional career. So that mm-hmm. was what my mom put in my head. And I basically, you know, started working in a corporate world. And honestly, that just was not me. It wasn't. It's it's good for some people, you know, but I actually worked there for about a good 10 to 12 years. I took a leave of absence when I was really frustrated with my life going nowhere mm-hmm. and just thinking like, I'm not promised a second life to come back and do what I want to do or to fulfill mm-hmm. my dreams. So mm-hmm. I'm at my desk and I'm just like a fidgety person. I just can't sit at a desk eight hours, you know, and then go home and, um, oh, excuse me, That's uh, right. do it all over again. So basically, long story short, what I did was I got up from my desk on my lunch, my lunch break, and I walked to Newberry Street, which isn't far. And I said, I'm going to start at the top of the street and I'm going to walk all the way down, which is probably about a mile. 
and I'm going to apply at salons until somebody decides to hire me. Now, by then, I was going to cosmetology school. So after being close to my thousand hours, I, you know, started seeking other part-time jobs as a stylist on the weekend, washing hair. And I stopped at one particular salon, which was Vidal Sassoon. And I, um, I actually asked for an application and they asked me if I could fill it out there. I said, yeah, sure. I really didn't want to. I was just like picking them up. Then I was going to return them the next day or the next week. Nevertheless, they asked me if I had time for an interview. And I said, yeah, sure. Which I really didn't. I was on my lunch break. (laughs) I was like, weren't you on your lunch break? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So actually, they interviewed me. And they actually asked me to start that weekend. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. Now, mind you, I had two small kids. Um you know, jobs don't want to hear that or babysitting problems. They, that's the last thing they want to hear. So that was not coming out of my month, my (laughs) mouth, out of my head. I was like, where am I going to put my kids? But (laughs) I'm going to be here on the weekend. Yeah. So, so basically I started as an assistant on the weekend and girl, let me tell you something. It was (laughs) not even like work. I looked forward to going there to wash heads, play in here, blow dry a few clients out to get them ready for the stylist. And on top of that, I was getting paid by the hour and I Mm -hmm. was making money on tips, you know? So this was something I would have done for free, you know? I mean, that's how much Mm -hmm. I love doing here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you that saying is true. Follow your dreams and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh my and that's exactly what I did. So I started working there on weekends. And from there, I moved up the ladder. And I watched everything, how a salon was ran. And I made sure I worked in a professional salon where mm-hmm. they had a receptionist to check you in, book your appointments. Mm-hmm. You weren't sitting there six hours, five hours. You were in and out mm-hmm. in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. And because um, one time I went to a hair salon, it, it wasn't often that I could afford to go. But when I did, my appointment was at like one, and she saw me at four. Oh, and mm-hmm. I said, why didn't you just book me at 4 p.m.? You know, I had taken a half a day, you know, so that Mm -hmm. was prior to working in a salon. So basically she looked at me like I had two heads, like that's the norm, you know, when that's such an important factor we should talk about maybe later, how (laughs) what we are paid an hour is, you know, what we are worth. So if you're Mm -hmm. sitting in a salon, like four or five hours to get like your hair washed and another two to be blow dried and another Mm -hmm. three to be styled, you really need to consider, you know, a more professional place. Yeah. I I think that's the downfall in a lot of salons of color. So so Shelly, I was curious, you were, this Mm -hmm. is how you started working for someone else. When did you know it was time to bust out and work for yourself? Okay. That's a really important question too. Um, not just because I loved it, not just because I enjoyed it. Um, 
you know, a lot of times you work a year and two and you like, okay, I know it all. I'm ready to step off, you know, and do my own thing. Um, and that's not the case because in the hair industry, it's like a wave, you know? So basically I, um, worked at a salon that was pretty reputable on Newberry street. And I learned the ins and outs there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I met people, I became friends with a lot of people. And most importantly, I kept it real with everybody. When we would have our staff meetings and the owner would ask us to make goals or set goals for the salon, I was like, well, I want to do my own thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I want to be here forever and work for you. One of my goals is to have my own salon. But he was not intimidated by me at all because I was a woman of color and he owned one of the top Caucasian salons that was Mm -hmm. pretty much diverse, you know. Um, So he didn't feel threatened by me at all. And he, you know, we continued and have our meetings and so forth and so on. But nevertheless, um, how I knew I was ready to start my own business was um, when I started making an extremely amount of money um, a week. Um, And I was dedicated to my clients and my clients were dedicated to me as well. Mm -hmm. So I knew when I stepped off, and open my own salon, my clients were like a magnet towards me. They were like, Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should your manager have been um, intimidated by you? It kind of sounds like Um, (laughs) you don't have to answer that. (laughs) You are not required to answer that. He's he's not even in the industry. He, um, He wasn't a stylist. He just basically inherited the salon from his boyfriend and it, he became the owner. Yeah. So he was too busy running here, running there, then managing the salon like he should have. But I, I, I did like him as a, as a boss, you know? So, so I um, wanted to know yeah. when you were making this insane amount of money per week mm-hmm. and had this loyal clientele, were you still doing uh, John Hancock as well? That's when I had taken my leave of absence. So basically I was saying that I needed to leave of, take a leave of absence to test the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I have never heard of a leave of absence. Either you just <laughs> get fired or you, yeah. you, you quit your job, but it sounds yeah. like they, they gave you some leeway. Yeah. Uh, maybe I mean, a sabbatical. I have been there a long, a long time. Right now they have sabbatical. They didn't have that yes, when yeah, I you, was working. And, I know. So um, you just made something up. <laughs> I know, right? And they and, were like, okay. <laughs> and I'm telling you, they were having major layoffs, but they would not lay mm-hmm. me off. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> what? Can you yeah. just rub some of that over here? <laughs> I know, I wow. Know, I know. So, yeah. So, basically, um, I started working for this popular salon. And I was really making a lot of um, money. Oops. Uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Doc. It's okay. It's all right. It's life. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? We I can. Do. We can. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're just going to ignore the dog, the dog. completely because yeah. I really want to hear what you have to say. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So okay. basically, um, it was on an average, and this was like 
over or about 20 years, 20 years ago, I was making about between five and 6,000 a week. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I was splitting it with the owner, which is what you have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I had no problem with that. I felt like I built a strong clientele from him. He gave me the chance to work for him. Um, and that was no problem. But when I did the math, I was like, Hmm, I can have my own salon. And then I had a mentor. I don't care what anyone say. I Mm. think we all need a mentor in life. Yeah. And this client making a note of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we all need somebody to look up to. And my mentor, she was basically saying, she says, Shelly, when you open your salon, your salon has to be on Newberry Street. And I'm like, oh, laughing, Cheryl, please. I will be one street over around the corner, maybe mm-hmm. off Newberry Street, but I'm not trying to mess with Newberry Street rent. <laughs> and one thing we're afraid of, if we are going to make a large amount of money by being in a particular area, we're going to have to pay that rent. Mm, now, as sure. long as it's not a problem and you're earning it, you're making it, then you're good. You know what right. I mean? It's like when you move to a different level of life, things become more expensive, but if you're making more money, then, you know, so basically, where do I go from Newberry Street? Where did I want to open my my salon? I thought mm-hmm. I would open it in like outside of Boston or this or that. But if it wasn't for my mentor telling mm-hmm. me that I need to be on Newberry Street and I, if I can work on Newberry Street, I can own my own business on Newberry Street. It was between her and a dream that I had. And ladies, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this dream was so real. You ever mm-hmm. have a dream and then you wake up and you see mm-hmm. you in the bed and you're half sleeping and you're like, damn, that was just a dream. Right. I tried right. to Ramel reach back has, into my sleep <laughs> and grab that dream. But wow. it was that dream that was so real that I said, I'm going to go for this dream, you know, mm-hmm. because it was her telling me it was a dream I had. It was the vision in my head. Mm-hmm. And while I worked in the corporate world and I was going in, to different meetings and classes to better the company. I was also asking questions about um, building my business mm-hmm. in a discreetful way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I use companies as well as they used me and ah, my knowledge, you know? So yeah. I, I was taking baby steps. And by the time I was ready to open up my salon, you would not even believe it. I had people who worked with me in the past mm-hmm. coming to me to work for me. Oh. So in all in all, it was fair to say I started with a small salon and mm-hmm. I still have a small salon because you know how stylists be picking up and leaving. But um, <laughs> I'm so lucky and fortunate that I have the same one of the same employees three months after I open up who works for me today. Um, another one who's worked for me 10 years, another Mm -hmm. one who's worked for me nine years. And honestly, that's uncommon with stylists Mm -hmm. these days. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I think that's I a just testimony decided. to yeah. I think it's a testimony to the type of person that you are though, Shelly. You're very genuine yeah. and you're very upfront. Yeah. Um yeah. one of the things that you said that really kind of rang true to me, um, mm-hmm. which actually leads to our interview that we did with uh, Althea Lawton. Um, she mentioned, I'm sorry, you broke up. Can you repeat that? Sure. Um, there was another interview that we did for Follow Your Dreams. Mm-hmm. And the common thing um, that she mentioned is that she used the information that she had gained while working for corporate America to really help forward herself. And that sounds like that's exactly. what you, you've done in addition to. Yeah. That's and exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> It was no wasted time. Now, I was learning every step of the way. A lot of challenges along with trying to, if nothing else, trying to balance working on Newberry Street, learning all the things that you're learning and still being a part of the corporate world um, and having small kids. Because when I met, when I started going to you, your kids were like, what, 10 and 8, 8 and 10 or something like that? Right. And, um, you know, not to jump all over Mm -hmm. the place, but at that time I was in a shelter with my kids because when I was just working for John Hancock, I wasn't making enough money to pay my rent Mm -hmm. and have two kids in daycare and not just daycare, but after school programs. (laughs) So So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The question I had as well. I've seen the articles written about you and what you're doing now. And it feels like to me as an outsider looking in that once you open that shop on Newberry street, everything was unicorns and rainbows at that point. And that there were no, I hear, I heard (laughs) you mention having to live in a shelter. Um, So I know there were hard times then, but after you got onto Newberry Mm -hmm. street, were there any challenges that, have you hit it was any a lot better. bumps and challenges? And what I really want to know if you have, how did you get out of it? How did you get through? Okay, that's a good question. And that's a very important question mm-hmm. because people think, oh, she's on Newberry Street. She's good. She's this. No, but some people ask, how do you pay that rent on Newberry Street? So as I mm-hmm. mentioned, my salon is small. In most salons, the waiting area is the biggest part of the salon. You know, um, I don't have a big waiting area, so my salon is small. And in the 17, 18 years that I've been on Newberry Street, the only time it was hard and, you know, you know, it got a little tight was um, when we had the bombing. So when we had the bombing, mm-hmm. nobody was traveling to Boston. It deterred um, tourists, mm-hmm. you know, um, students, you know, um, mm-hmm. people sent for their kids to come back home for a little bit. So it took money yeah. away from Newberry Street, you know, and the bombing was my back door. So I'm on Newberry, yeah. but my back door is Boylston and my mm-hmm. back door is the finish line. So it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So that took away a lot of business and, you know, I felt a little bit behind on my rent and I went down and I spoke to my landlord. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear that. They just want their rent. But I said to them, I said, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And they, they did the math. They realized, you know, of course I paid my rent, but it was no, 
excuses like, okay, you're good this month, you're good that month. I actually had a parking space in the alley and I couldn't even park there for like oh, months wow. while it was being investigated, you know, you know, but I still had to yeah. pay the rent for my parking space. So that's the only time it got a little tough, you know, and that normally doesn't happen, you know, bombings, you know, right. on Boylston for the marathon. Um, but I can't foresee that happen again. What do you, you say, know, would you say again. motivates yeah. you? And I say what, but who or what motivates you to keep you going? Um, all my fall downs and my setbacks in life wasn't really um, a bad thing. I learned from them. You know what I mean? So I learned from my mistakes and I'm such a strong woman and um, determined, you know, and, mm-hmm. and also my kids, you know, I had two mm-hmm, small children right. that were watching me, you know, and they looked up to me. So for their sake, I had to make sure I was doing this right, you know, and um, what else motivated me? My mom, my mom cleaned homes mm-hmm. for a living, rich people's home. And she was on welfare. I grew up in the projects, but I always liked finer things in life. You know, I would sit outside on the steps to watch this lady named Cheryl come home every day just to see what <laughs> she was wearing. She was a grown woman. Wow. I was like six years old, seven years old, because she was just like wow. the project icon, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I knew I liked the finer things in life. I didn't know how or when, but I said, I'm going to get there, you know? And, and like all of us, we're like, okay, maybe I'll meet this great guy and marry a rich man. Right. But I wanted to do it on my own because, you know, later in life, you see what happens when, you know, you marry somebody and they're successful and then you never know right. what happened after a few years, you know, you might want to trade you in all that yeah. was happening in my circle, you know? Right. And I'm like, Oh, that's not going to be me, you know? So, you know, and I married a su- successful man and I said to him, I said, if I wanted to stop working, is that okay? And he said, yeah, absolutely. He just wanted me. to know that you could. <laughs> yes, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. I had yep. another question. Yeah, um, I did. Now in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, your mom had first told you like, don't do this. Like, don't follow this hair thing at first. Right. She was, she wanted you to go into corporate. Did you have Mm -hmm. other, um, people who were concerned about you, you know, who said, Shelly, I don't know, you know, don't leave this corporate thing. At least you have, at least you have benefits or don't do this. You still have chance to do better. Right. Um, did you did you have other people who said those things to you? And if you did, how did you did you? So yeah, yeah. Um, my friends because I was doing my friends here. I always played with hair mm-hmm. and dibbled and dabbled in hair. A lot of my friends that were Caucasian that had mul- um, multiracial or biracial kids mm-hmm. um, and couldn't handle their hair, mm-hmm. I would do their hair. Um, Ramel, you remember Judy Lynn from the gym? Yeah, yeah, I do. 
Yeah, I still we still do her daughters here yes, from when she was two years old. Oh my gosh. She's like 20 something years old. Oh, my yeah. gosh. She still comes to the salon to get her hair done. Yeah. Wow. So um, my friends knew mm-hmm. and, you know, my ex boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. uh, my two kids dad, he would say to me, you need to just go to cosmetology school. And he was the one that kept pushing me mm-hmm. to go to cosmetology cosmetology school so my mom was the one who said stay working for john hancock's the kids need the Mm -hmm. benefits you know and so forth and so on because my mom knew um what it was like not working Mm -hmm. for a company you know and just getting welfare benefits you know so she didn't want me to go down that road road. yeah but it it sounds like you also had that real support system that said shelly wow we believe in what mm-hmm. you can do and that that can mm-hmm. make That's or amazing. break a right. dream but yeah yeah it really could i mean without you know a support team mm-hmm. but i was just that determined and i was just so aggressive even in cosmetology school i can remember my teacher telling me um I know you don't like to sit here and do theory. She was like, so would you want to go out there and do a haircut right quick? Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd hop up and, you know, you know, I'm just like a hands-on. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask yeah. you, let me ask you another question. I know I'm just, we're peppering mm-hmm. you with questions, but we're it's just so much. That's good. Um, so what would, what kind of advice would you give people with really big dreams? I mean, you like woke up with this, insane dream, right? That you could do this, but what kind of advice would you give that person that woke up with the same kind of dream and go for it (laughs) without hesitation? (laughs) If you, if your dream was as strong as my dream Mm -hmm. and it was as, as like powerful as my dream, Mm -hmm. I would tell them right off the bat, Go for it. Yeah. And don't stop until you get there. And basically, you can't just like have a dream and wake up and say, okay, I'm going to do this. You have to take the steps. There is no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. Wow. That saying is true. I love, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. and it's more, it's more details in taking the stairs than to like, you know, fly to the top. It's almost like somebody coming from money and opening up a business. Mm-hmm. Wait, ladies, girl, <laughs> can I tell you how many rich people I've seen come to Newberry Street with their parents' money, their yes. inheritance, mm-hmm. their 401ks, and open up a business mm-hmm. and it closed? Mm-hmm. I go right to all those businesses and I sit down and I talk to them before they close or after they close, mm-hmm. like what happened? Mm-hmm. Because oh. I don't want to fall in that same category I I test my waters and I do my homework and um can I say after two years of being in business on Newberry Street Mm -hmm. over 16 years ago I was the first woman of color that they invited on the board of the Newberry Street League (laughs) wow yeah they didn't think I could do it but when I started Mm -hmm. you know being successful Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, you should join our board. They didn't. And I was like, they didn't, they didn't see the dream. You, They didn't really. wake up in the same bed that you did when you had that dream. No, <laughs> no. Well, absolutely not. So Shelly, yeah. um, mm-hmm. now that you've done all these things, you have 
tattoo salons, you've won awards. I see all this stuff that you've done, right? Because we're Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. So I see all the stuff and I, I get excited for you each time. But thank you. You're welcome. But um, <laughs> what's next? Like, is this it? Like, are you, is, or do you have bigger plans? Do you have bigger dreams that you're going to try to pursue? I do have bigger dreams that I want to pursue, but it's not really all about me. Mm -hmm. It's about, um, it's a woman team that I want to organize. And I basically want to get a hundred women a year, Mm -hmm. get them together and then just nurture them on how to open and run their own business or fulfill their dreams or make them more powerful in whatever they're doing in life. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I got a lot of offers after the women's conference mm-hmm. after, you know, I was honored there and I love it. But my thing is I want to help people just like, you know, another lady helped me. I you see. know, I mean, Oprah is my biggest inspiration. Yeah, my lifelong dream was to meet her. Oh. I met her. I had dinner with her. You had dinner. That was just so amazing. No, I saw a yeah. picture. Like yeah. you just saw her in passing. It was like, take a picture with me. Did you have dinner? <laughs> you yeah. Oprah? No, that was the day I had dinner with oh, her. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was the day I had dinner with her. I met Gail. I met everyone from old magazine. They were amazing. Um, yeah. So I want to do more talks. I'm like, so there's more stuff on your to-do list after you met Oprah (laughs) It is. and then you got more on your to-do list. What? (laughs) Oh my God. Well, until my bank account looks like Oprah's, you, <laughs> you know, got work to do. stop. Yes, I got yeah. work. Oh yes. gosh, so absolutely. So you have the um, you want to help women uh, fulfill their yeah. dreams, and mm-hmm. um, what, what what else was there? Something else you were no, about that to was say? A, no, that was a, that that was it. I just wanted to hear what it is you had next. Like, what is it we're gonna look for to? you doing next what else is on your to-do list mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. i like it i love that yeah. idea of supporting um women to find their dreams because mm-hmm. as a woman myself I mean, i'm still trying uh-huh. to figure out what i'm supposed to be when i grow up and i know i have skills but i haven't identified so what you're saying here is relevant to me because i am at the stage mm-hmm. where i'm trying to grab it and find my purpose and do the thing. So I love to hear that you're going to take this information that you have and share it with other people and mentor other people. You have to take your skills and combine them with your passion and see what it equals out to be. Skills plus passion (laughs) equals purpose. That's what I'm writing down. Yes, exactly. And and you just got to make sure you love what you do. You know, it's like I put so much into what I do mm-hmm. because I love it. It's not even like work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get a little burnt out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, I just, I grind hard, but I grind the right way. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. Well, unless Thank there you. was any, unless there was any other projects you wanted to share with us, um, um, no, it's, I do an annual beauty business and brunch okay. event. Okay. Um, from that beauty business and brunch event, mm-hmm. I take about three to five women from that mm-hmm. and I give them a chance to open their business or have do business on Newberry street. Mm-hmm. So we have an open Newberry. It's like 
I'm sorry, three times. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Three times a year over the summer. Mm-hmm. So we shut down the street and we have people set up their business on Newberry Street. And it's just for the owners. But because I have a couple of businesses on Newberry Street, mm-hmm. I um, take women from my beauty business and brunch. I'm like, okay, this is your business. You'll get a chance to display it on Newberry Street. So people get a taste of Newberry before they actually, you know, because everybody wants Newberry Street money and business, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid of the rent, you know? So I give them a chance to do it for free, you know? Wow. From my event. So, um, what is is that event and when is it again? It's always the last Sunday in April, Mm -hmm. but it's grown so much. You know, we might, depending on when Easter falls, Mm -hmm. it's usually the last Sunday in April or the first Sunday in May. Yeah. It's a beauty business and brunch and you can find it on my um, Instagram page under hair salon Monet Mm -hmm. or um, Newberry street networks. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually list it on that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, yeah. you know what we'll do, yeah. um, Shelly, is we'll get all that information for you and from you, and we're going to put it in our mm-hmm. show notes so that people will yeah. know how to get a hold of you if you guys are in Boston or if you are willing to fly to Boston because Shelly <laughs> is the bomb. The bomb diggity. Well, I mean, I knew that very early. I was so impressed with her from the very start. So I am so happy for your success and your continued success. Thank you. So, and thank you, Ramel. Likewise. Thank you for your, your, your nuggets of wisdom. Uh, You said a few things that I've taken notes on, like literally like, Ooh, I'm writing it down. (laughs) She's been writing the whole time. So, but (laughs) Oh my goodness. She really had, but, um, Oh, thank you. Well, thanks so much again for joining. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're going to wrap this up for today. So yep. we listeners, were, we hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have. We have enjoyed it. This so was much. good. I, I hope yes. you put a lot of those tips to work. Yes, and right. if you are putting them to work or about to put them into work and they're, um, uh, benefiting you tell us about it we want to hear all of your accomplishments and and things that you've learned here that have helped you so um share and we'll we'll respond back that's right um we'll be and you're gonna get us on facebook um our facebook our instagram or instagram Mm -hmm. so you guys um until next time peace peace and blessings. blessings thanks for joining us today don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.